Well, my name is John Martin, and I'm a I'm a writer firsthand, and short stories are what I really really love. I really love the the short story format because you well the stories have been described as you open the shutters or open the curtains and you get to watch this little scene play out and then you shut the shut the the blinds or whatever and then that's it you go on with your life and you know you can create so much more stories and characters that way as opposed to like being bogged down by a a novel series or something for years and years and years and you only got a certain number of characters to work with Mm. but you know something else too with that I use that as a way to really challenge myself and just push myself beyond what I am normally because I'm normally not that person that's outspoken. Mm. I'm not someone that really pursues a conversation. I mean, I've been talking with people today, but that has been such a a mental push for me. Because like you're I, surrounded by extroverts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and you know, being an extreme introvert, it, your your conversation skills are going to be different because mm. you don't you don't use that as much. It's the same as asking a hockey player to play basketball. (laughs) He can do it. He just may not be very good at it. You are listening to Beholder Podcast, conversations with creatives for creatives. I'm Jeremiah Jones, and in this episode, we will be speaking with John Martin about his journey as a writer of short stories, how his faith has influenced his life and work, and how he has overcome creative barriers in his craft. Thanks again for joining us. Now, on with the show. I do write from my website, primarily, and I do that because I don't want the pressure of trying to come up with the next great novel or or whatever. I just want like a little weekly or a bi-weekly challenge for myself. Mm. Just pick a concept, pick a character, pick a story, pick anything, pick an element and just make a story about it. It can be big and extravagant and take a couple weeks to write or it can just take a day. I mean, it really doesn't matter. The main issue for me is getting that story. Mm-hmm. I really love, you know, thinking deeply about things. And so, you know, some of my stories are a little bit off kilter with what, you know, the formulas say to do. But, you know, it's with any kind of art, you know, make it your own. Mm -hmm. That's the main key is just making it your own. As far as like my story to becoming a writer, I guess it goes back to when I was a kid and... There was just this wild thought in my head that, you know, one day I'm going to get something that I've written published in a traditional manner. It's going to be in a, a book format, and I want to be able to sell one copy to somebody I don't know. 
That was really weird coming from a little kid, but I never <laughs> really told anybody about that. In 2015 or so, 2014, 2015, I just had a really hard time trying to find good stuff to read. Because I like to read, but I can't afford paying 20 bucks for a book every time I want to read something. That's not feasible. I just got to thinking, you know, well, what if I just do stuff for myself? Let's just come up with stories and, you know, just entertain myself. I've got a theater degree. I can play with that. I understand basic stories, what makes people laugh, what makes them cry, you know. And then I started writing and then I started learning that there was a whole lot more into writing than just <laughs> making someone laugh or cry. There's so many deep elements to it. Throughout that process, I spent two and a half years teaching myself how to write while writing at the same time. So my early work, it's really bad. And just like everybody else that starts a creative craft, the very first stuff is garbage just expect that to happen but as they learn new techniques and just new methods it's really going to alter and improve themselves at the time around 50 or so short stories that was either in my collection or on my website i was like you know is there anything I can do with this? And I started looking around and there were actually short story collections that people were publishing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I started looking into some different publishers and I found one that I really felt led to. I sent them a query letter and they said, you know, send us an example of your work. And I was like, wow, that's, a huge step for me. And so I sent him the, the story Nugget. Nugget is a story about a prospector who is able to pull gold and different metals out of the ground and manipulate them in the way that you would with clay or bread dough. What sustains him is the fact that he doesn't have to be laborsome. This just happens naturally for him. You can imagine the impact the prospector's unique gifting will have on the progression of the story. To John's surprise, they liked the story so much that they asked him to send in his whole body of work. John shares his initial mistakes in the submission process and how he was able to overcome these mistakes to a published work. I went through all of my stuff and I picked one story here, one story there. Nothing flowed together. It didn't make any sense. And they wrote back and said, we're sorry, but we can't use this. And you know, to get to that point, that just completely shattered me. Mm. I was just like, oh, I was so close. I know now I was nowhere near close. I wasn't even on the playing field. So I wrote back to them and I said, what, what is it about what I sent you that didn't work? And they, the reply I had was, it's not long enough. A year later, I had gone back and looked at my stuff, found a recurring theme through several stories, and it was different types of relationships, whether it's first encounters or like an elderly couple or even where one spouse has already passed. And there was a recurring theme 
of relationships. And so I grabbed all those stories that were about relationships and I had roughly about half the requirement they wanted. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I set out and I wrote the rest of the collection of stories. After completing the collection, John sent in his work once again to be met with this reply. They basically responded with, this is marketable. And I'm like, oh, wow. I just really got into the playing field at that point. They offered me a contributory contract and after deliberating about it and praying about it and stuff, we decided to go with it. And so I I accomplished about three quarters of that huge life goal I had as a kid. So now I'm just waiting for them to finish it up and send me a proof that I'll look over and approve and, you know, then that's going to be published. So that's kind of huge for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Receiving this positive feedback provided John with the much needed confidence to pursue writing as a career. The grind has not been any less strenuous for him in his further pursuits, though. Listen in as John provides some fantastic insight on how to overcome the creative barriers present in the journey of every artist. The best method I have is just presenting myself with challenges. Every story I have has some element in it that's new to me. Uh, It's a, a new ethnic group, it's a new location, Uh, I'm focusing on maybe dialogue or I'm focusing on the the overall theme of the story. I'm challenging myself with something. Because when you work on the little bits and pieces and nuts and bolts of a big project and a long term goal, you, you get the basics and then you're able to achieve the big stuff. I've always asked myself, if I'm not going to challenge myself with my writing, then why am I writing? What's the point? It's just going to become mundane and boring, the same old, same old. You know, some writers, yeah, they make a lot of money because they write the same old stuff. But, you know, how fulfilling is that as as a creative person? Another method that I have for getting past the barriers is just talking and listening to God. The, the Holy Spirit has honestly given me some of the best advice that I've ever received about writing. There, there have been like issues I've had with my stories, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then the Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> The best example I have, and this happened probably a month and a half ago. I've got a novel I've been working on for several years now. It's just, it's long form. That's not what I'm used to. But again, that was a challenge. And I got to a point where I was, there were several key elements that I struggled with. And the book just kind of hit a wall. And I set it aside. I knew I would come back and finish it. And I was reading a book by James Scott Bell, it's called Just Right. And I'm, I'm reading along, it's writing advice. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, across the room, there comes this silhouette that's 
also clear at the same time, kind of like Predator was, kind of cloaked and camouflaged. It flew to me, it tucked its wings in, got some distance, and then flew again and then hit me right in the ear. And then right as it made contact with my ear, I couldn't see anything. And then it was like you uploaded a video or a movie, and I was watching elements in my book happen. The issues that I was having, the character flaws that I didn't know I had, it all materialized. And I'm like, oh, wow. I had no idea that's what I needed. You know, each time I sit down to write, it's almost like, okay, God, what kind of crazy story are we going to get this time? Right. <laughs> Uh, something else that really, really helps is just when you, when you feel like you've got writer's block, just know that that writer's block doesn't exist. You've either lost your focus or you're just not pushing hard enough to get past it. Because the point of writing is to put your character in a tree, throw rocks at him, set the tree on fire, and then see what the what the character does. That's the basic of what you do when you're writing. But what happens is you get your character in the tree, you throw rocks at him, and then you quit. You, you quit harassing your character, and that's what a lot of people consider writer's block. And all you got to do is just throw a new element in there. And what I do sometimes if that's starting to happen is I'll just you know, say, what's the absolute worst thing that I can do to him? You've got him in the tree, the tree's on fire, now let's cut the tree down. Because there's an angry mob on the other side. If he jumps, he's gonna land into that angry mob of people. But the tree's on fire and now you're chopping it down. So he has to make a decision. And so that's what you do when you're writing. You make yourself make a decision. Uh, something else that can help is just go back to the basics. Uh, some, so many times we, especially me, I will study myself into a corner where I'm only focusing on a couple things. And when we do that, we kind of lose sight of the rest of the room. And so we just need to stay in the middle of the room and just look at the different aspects that are in the room. Don't get stuck in the room. You know, too many times I've found myself struggling with a story and I'll stop and I'll I'll put it away for just a couple days or something and I'll come back to it. I'll scan it again I'll be like, and I'll see what it's lacking. And it's typically something that I haven't studied or made myself work through as a writer. Like dialogue is the biggest recent one that I'm working on. And being an introvert, that naturally is a barrier for me because speaking with other people, that's really difficult because you feel vulnerable. You feel like, you feel like you'll be misunderstood. When you feel like you're stuck or you just feel like you're up against the wall, the best thing that I do is I do something completely different. I listen to new music. I watch documentaries on stuff that I didn't even know existed. Like, you know, the, the tribes overseas or, you know, the mysterious monuments throughout the world. And just stuff that 
may even bore you. I asked someone else earlier, you know, do you ever find yourself researching or doing things completely out of normal or out of routine for you? And they're like, yeah, I watched the documentary on ink pens. Just kind of seen it interesting. And so it's just the little things like that that can really help shift your mindset. I guess that's the biggest thing is just when you feel stuck, shift your mindset. Find out how to get over that wall or find out a way to get around that wall or even go under. That's always a possibility. There's work involved, (laughs) but you can go under a wall. It is possible. In our last episode, we heard from John's wife, Cody, about the influence the church has had on her creativity. I decided to get John's take on this as well, as the one that we want to create for the most can unintentionally turn into a barrier. Of course, this is because we put the pressure on ourselves, but how do we live in this tension as a Christian creative? When you start, you have this, it has to be for God, it's got to be something that brings glory to God and it's got to be church related and all this. And I did write that way somewhat. I mean, I always, I always had this dread looming over me. Is this too much? You know, is this going to taint my quote unquote Christian personality or whatever? And I finally got to the point where I didn't care. You know, the stories were, they were okay. They were honestly pretty lame because it was <laughs> like extremely message driven. It's just like a really bad movie that has this really bad underlining like Christian message in it. You're just like, you know, it's so bad that you can't stand to look at it. <laughs> That's what a lot of the stories were. And then I finally said, you know what, I need to I need to write the stories for what they are. Because too many times people's story is messy. I mean, we all have childhood issues of one sort or another that we hide or have to deal with. We have developmental issues that we deal with and you know, we've all got secrets. That's a huge thing in writing is, what's your secret? Mm-hmm. What's this character's secret? What are they hiding? You know, we, we always want to know what's untold, what they're trying to hide. You know, what's this person really hiding? That's what really makes people interested. I finally got to the point where I said, I'm going to write what I want to write. And if they end up cussing and swearing, then that's fine. You know, I'll I'll keep them restrained. I I got certain words and language that I just don't use. Mm -hmm. But by and large, if a character says certain words, you know, okay, you Mm -hmm. said that. But I'm not going to go through and bleep all the curse words out (laughs) and change them to happy happy words that just make no sense. Mm -hmm. It just creates a stumbling block for your reader. In all medias, anytime you create a stumbling block, that pulls your audience out of the experience. Mm. And then it's really hard to get them back into it. Yeah. 
because it's almost like you're shoving them out of this world in a way. I finally just dismissed trying to bring people to God through my writing because for me, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. The, the stories were very uh, withheld. You, you could tell they were restrained in every aspect. Certain topics were not discussed. It just, it was really difficult as a writer to try and please the Christian audience. Mm. Because as much as we don't like to admit it, this is not a Christian world. Mm -hmm. And so when we try to apply Christian thinking to a non-Christian world, it's just two rams bashing heads together. Neither's going to give up. And so what I've started doing is just recently I, I launched a new part of my website and it's called The Real Me. And what I do there is I give you a raw, unfiltered thought for thought of who I am. You know, if I'm struggling with depression, you know, and I need to get over it. I'll probably write about it. I'll write about my experience, what's going on. And then, you know, I'll publish it and go on. It's just really hard to not restrain yourself as a creative. Because mm -hmm. once you put restraints on yourself, it seems to just all fall apart. Yeah, we did leave our church of 12 years and... The whole time, there was always this feeling of dread. I guess it was just honestly fear, a, a misinterpreted version of fear of God. It was always this, am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Am I really saved? You know, and it was just very hard to stay in that environment because the church wasn't growing the people weren't growing. There was no growth. It was only decay. Mm. People would grow old, pass away, move away. It was dwindling down to nothing. And it was really, really hard. I, I tried for over five years to get people to kind of step up, in a sense, in their personal lives, in the church and it got to the point where I was borderline aggressive and anger-driven about it. Hmm. And it still wasn't doing anything. And so I just gave up on those people. Uh, I literally, well, I didn't literally, but mentally I brushed the dirt off my sandals and I walked away. Because it was draining to go to church. And I'm like, this is not the church. I mean, you look around, nobody's smiling, nobody's laughing. This might as well be a funeral. Because mm. all we need is a dead body somewhere, and we've got the same environment. Yeah. And that was really hard to go to twice a week. No, three times a week, twice on Sunday. Mm. I never felt like I was growing at all. The big teaching was that God speaks through the Bible. Yes, he does speak through the Bible. But since I left that church, 
God has basically stepped right beside me and he has been guiding me like so many of the people of the world. I, I come from a broken family, which isn't uncommon nowadays, but what we, what we choose to take away from that is what makes us who we are. Just because the beginning of the book is a little rough and not as pretty as we think it should be, that doesn't mean that the end result isn't going to be this beautiful and, you know, eye-dazzling display. And that's exactly what God does with us personally, is when we first come to God, we're covered in the the dirt and the grime and the mire of this earth, because that's all we've known. We've bathed in it for years. And when we come to Him, you know, He cleans all that off. He gives us a brand new, fresh set of clothes. And He says... Now you're a part of my family. Now let me teach you, you know, the good stuff in life. You've learned how to survive. Now I want to teach you how to live. This fear that John mentions is really the villain in all of our narratives. Once we learn to use fear as a catalyst rather than a deterrent, healthy change will occur. John gives us some closing thoughts on how he has conquered the villain of fear in his story. When you're becoming, I'm just going to say, an artist of any type, whether it's visual or writing or a musician, it doesn't matter. When you're becoming an artist, there's this little gremlin-type creature. It's covered in hair. It's got these sharp claws. It's got these big old yellow nasty fangs. And we, we know it as fear. But it's this little, ugly, nasty creature that runs around and it gives us just a lot of issues. What I did very, very early on was I grabbed a hold of it when it was trying to latch into me and I told myself, I am not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid with my writing. And so I threw that critter across the room and I watched it leave. When you're dealing with fear, the first thing is that if you're not doing your craft with God right beside you, you're going to struggle. I know that because I've been through that. I've tried to do it without God and it's an absolute mess. But when I said, God, I can't do this. I have no idea how I'm going to figure all this out. I need you to help me. And he's like, well, just do this. Or just just write about that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So God is right there beside me. And that's the probably the number one best advice that I have for overcoming the element of fear. Because along the same lines, if you don't have God with you, the strength of the fear is how much you give it. If you're worried about what people are going to think, what people are going to feel about what you're doing, that just makes that creature grow bigger and stronger and it's able to attack you so much easier and overpower you. But when you say... You know, you've got no power because I don't give you any power. 
it, it goes away. And just don't be afraid to ask for help from God because honestly, that's what he's there for. You know, if we were able to do everything on our own, then why did Jesus come? If we're able to fulfill all the commandments, then we don't need Christ. But that's the problem with the human nature is that we're not able to. And so we need Christ in our life because he's the one that really is able to connect us with God and really allow us to tap into God's power. My, my advice for conquering fear is having strength in numbers. Get, get people that support you. Find a group. It, it can be a creative group or it can be a group of close-knit people that you're comfortable with. But what you need to do is it ha- they have to boost your confidence. Mm. If they're not boosting your confidence, then they're probably draining you or they're not benefiting you. So they need to boost you. You need to be growing if you're going to conquer fear. Because when you're doing your craft, fear is what's going to hold you back. You're going to say, I'm not good enough. My art is terrible. You know, whatever excuse you want to make up. I've said them all. I've done them all. And you know what? Yes. My art was terrible in the beginning. But when you have strength in numbers, you have people that love you enough to say, I like this story, but there's this one element that I struggled with. Or I like your painting but what's, what's going on over here? It's a little muddy. I don't understand it. You know, that's the kind of group that you need to surround yourself with. And I advise getting away from family because family says that everything you do is the best in the world, no matter how awful it is. <laughs> it's the equivalent of watching your kindergarten or first grade play at the school. You know, it's going to be awful. The lines are going to be missed. But you know what? They're your kids and you love them anyway. But another big thing is fear is only a mental element. You know, you have to ask yourself, if you make something, are people going to like it? That's a 50-50 question. It's yes or no. Before you hit the publish button or before you reveal it to the world, ask yourself, If nobody likes this, is that going to make a difference? The answer should be no. It should not affect the artist personally, whether people like it. Thank you for listening to Beholder Podcast. This episode, as well as the transition music, was recorded, produced, and edited by me, Our theme song comes from Guys on a Bus. They are currently on tour, and you can learn more about them at guysonabus.com. If you would like to connect with John, please check out the show notes on how to do that. Also, check out our social media pages so that you can keep up to date with new episodes, giveaways, and more. And please, rate and review us on iTunes and other podcasting platforms. This way, we can help others find the show. Thanks again for listening. Now get back to creating.